Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, so good to be in Memphis and uh, already falling in love with our new home church, Memphis Tabernacle. I just want to commend you for picking such a wonderful church to be a part of. In fact, I really think it's uh, awesome how many I'm discovering all the things that uh, the church is already doing for our congregation as we're preparing for uh, 21 days of prayer and worship. Um, I just want you to know there's some really cool tools to actually help you. You know, uh, praying every day is that's new for you. I uh, just want to encourage you, at your church website, right at the top, there's this thing called resources. You can click on it. And if you go down, there's something called, it says prayer first. Prayer first, if you click on that, it's going to open up a prayer guide that has multiple prayers that can help you uh, spend your time uh, in prayer, give you some tools to walk you through unique uh, and really cool ways to pray, help fill that time. And also, you know, sometimes we need some help to worship. I need help to worship because when I sing without music, let's say it this way, I only sing in the shower at home. Uh, I need to put on uh, some music. There's a, a worship playlist you can click on, and uh, it'll go right to Spotify and open up some songs that you can play, some that you're familiar with from church, and, and uh, have your own worship time. And if you don't know what Spotify is, I'm really sorry. Uh, find someone younger who will hook you up and help you with all this. And by the way, on Wednesday night, it's a time of uh, prayer and worship that we're gathering for, and I just want you to know it's not just for adults. Come on, teenagers. Uh, you're invited to come and uh, be a part of it. And uh, listen, I just want you're going to hear this in this message. We don't think gatherings are supposed to be boring and for adults. Come on, we're, we're wanting to worship the living God. And you, you don't have to wait till you're 18 to do that, by the way. And so, uh, praise God. And, and I'm excited to be a, get to be a part of this whole series on worship. And, uh, and I want to uh, pick up there, my message here is draw closer with praise. Um, but before I jump into the word, I just want to tell you, I have a pastor friend that's a mentor of mine and uh, who's Cajun, and he likes to tell Boudreaux jokes. Now, I didn't even know who Boudreaux was, and so I looked it up online, but I didn't know how to spell Boudreaux because it's one of those French words. And so, um, but anyway, some guy in the South. But it says there that Boudreaux was driving all over the road, and uh, so the police pulled him over and uh, told him, hey, we're going to have to give you a breathalyzer, put a breathalyzer on you, and he said, you can't. I'm asthmatic, I'll die. And he said, well, then we're going to have to do a blood test. He said, you can't. I'm a hemophiliac, I could die. He said, well, then we're going to have to do a urine test. And he said, nope, I'm diabetic. He said, all right, Boudreaux, well, get out. You're going to have to walk this straight line. He said, I can't do that either. He said, why? I'm too drunk. And I bet you're wondering how that story about Boudreaux could fit into this message. I just want you to know, it does. Come on, open up your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 5. I'm reading from the uh, CEV version of the Bible, but it says, Don't destroy yourself by getting drunk. Come on, Boudreaux, knock it off. Don't destroy yourself by getting drunk. But here, let the Spirit fill your life. When you meet together... Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs as you praise the Lord with all of your heart. Come on, say that with me. Praise the Lord with all of your heart. 
Can you do a little better than that? Let's say this together. Praise the Lord with all of your heart. And I hope you're at home. You could have said that too. We're in this together. So this is a book of Ephesians. It's a letter from the Apostle Paul to a church that was meeting in a city um, of Ephesus. And he's trying to communicate them and teach them about praise and worship. So apparently some of them were into drinking, and he was using that as an example because when you drink, you end up saying things you don't normally say and doing things you don't normally do. And sometimes worship leads us into things that we don't normally do. But yet we're learning from the Bible that God wants us to understand about praise in worship. And the idea here is that we would actually praise the Lord with all of our heart. Like that's the exhortation. He doesn't say praise God. He said praise the Lord with all of your heart. So what does that look like? Because here he was telling them that when you meet together, whether it's on Sunday mornings, whether it's house to house, whether it's a worship night, whether it's your own worship time, sing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs. What does that look like? And why would we do that? Well, well, because he's worthy. Because of what he's done for us. Because what he's promised that he would do for us. And so we've received so many benefits, so many promises. God's been so good to us that it's appropriate to respond. I don't know about you, but I like benefits. Some of you got jobs and you got good benefits. Some of you got jobs, you got no benefits. Sorry about that. But I love benefits. I travel in my lifetime. I've traveled a lot, been to about 35 different countries and uh, flown a lot of planes, uh, places, and a lot of hotels. And so one of the things I like is elite status. Because it's better. Travel's better. And anyway, uh, so uh, recently, uh, because I've been coming to Memphis, I'm staying in hotels. I'm kind of still in one right now while we're waiting for our house. And uh, I kind of got this silver status, which means nothing. And uh, then I was on my phone, and my app popped up. And apparently I stayed enough, it popped up, and it said, Gold Elite. And I was like, praise God. And right under it, it said, Benefits. I clicked on the Benefits because I wanted to see what my benefits were. Come on, I get extra points. Two o'clock checkout, which doesn't matter because I'm not leaving the hotel right now. Well, I'm like, I stay longer. And, uh, you know, and then they say preferred room. Well, I'm like, that's even better. Well, I've stayed long enough. Just recently, I got an email that said, I'm now platinum. And I'm like, woo, it gives me four o'clock checkout, even more points. Come on. And sweet upgrades. You know what sweet upgrades are? <laughs> They're sweet. It's better. They're bigger. They're nicer. And you know what? The next level is titanium. And I don't want it because it means I will have stayed in this hotel too long. And as Christians, we have scores of benefits that we need to discover and read in God's word. The Bible is there for us because God wants us to understand his heart for us, his promises for us, the good and amazing life he's called us to. It's so much better and bigger. And as a result of that, the appropriate response is praise. Ephesians 1, verse 3, it says, All praise to God. All what? Praise. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. When we made Jesus the Lord of life, we became one with him. We're united with Jesus. Even before he made the whole world, God loved us. He chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus. 
This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him, it gave God great pleasure. Verse 6, so we praise God. We do what? We praise God for the glorious grace he has poured on us who belong to his dear son. And then in verse 13 it says, and now you Gentiles, that would be those of us who are non-Jews, you've heard the truth, the good news that God saved you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit. Here in Memphis Tabernacle, we believe in the Holy Spirit. He is our God. My goodness, he gifts the church for us to be able to do what we've been called to do. He empowers us, baptizes us. And anyway, he's given it to us. The Bible said God's guarantee that he will give us an inheritance. I don't know about you, I like that word. An inheritance that God has for each and one of us. He promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He, he's, he's decided he likes you. He wants you to be his very own. He and he did this so that we would praise and glorify him. So I'm, I'm trying to tell you, it's the appropriate response for how good God has been. I just want you to see this real quick. It's our response to God. Luke 168, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. 2 Corinthians, or Romans 1, it says, they, the world, traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of all eternal praise. Amen? Good answer. Notice that the people are not Christians. We're still worshiping. They were just worshiping the things that God created instead of the creator. 2 Corinthians 1.3, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is the merciful Father and the source of all comfort. Our God loves us and brings comfort to us. He's the source of it all. 1 Peter 1.3 says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus from the dead, now we live with great expectation. Is this good news or what? Yes. Ephesians 3.20, this is a different version I normally read. It says, I pray that Christ Jesus and the what? The church will forever bring praise to God. How long are we going to bring praise to God? That was the Paul's praying. I pray that Christ Jesus and this church will forever bring praise to God. And his power at work in us can do far more than we dare ask or imagine. So the question is, well, it's clear that we're supposed to praise God. The question is, what does that praise look like? What does it look like? Well, one thing, uh, I think it needs to be something that God likes. Right? Something, you know, that pleases the Lord. Ephesians 5 says, for you were once full of darkness, now you have the light from the Lord. Live as people of light. Verse 10, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Notice it's not about what pleases you and me. It's not about what pleases us. It's what is it and, and how do we respond in such a way that it pleases God? I mean, isn't that what we want to do, really? Yeah. So remember, praise is outward. It's an outward expression, not an inward expression. I mean, worship is inward, but praise is external. And I think you got people that like that song, you know, I've got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Come on, down in my heart. The problem is it might be down in your heart, but we can't see it. Because praise is supposed to be an outward expression. 
It's expressive. And so, let me tell you this, by the way, for our own well-being, um, it can be the best sacrificial choice to lift us out of discouragement, to lift us out of depression, lift us out of temptation. I mean, in the middle of a bad day, sometimes it's the last thing that you would think to do, but it's the very thing that will bring you joy on your worst day. There's something that God does in us when we respond to him with praise. In fact, on Sundays, you might come in dragging yourself in with that big old smile on your face, but on the inside, you're like, this is the day that the Lord has made. Come on, praising God on Sunday morning like we did, that'll drive the funk right out of you. It's a good thing. We get to then focus on God, focus on his promises, and the good and amazing plan that he has for your life. We need to be reminded about that. And it's just appropriate that we respond to God in that way. And sometimes we don't want to. We just don't do it. Sometimes we don't. Let me just tell you, how's that working for you? Well, let me tell you just a real quick story about me and how this, I learned my experience in praise and worship. I was raised, uh, I went to Catholic church when I was a kid. Singing songs was not all that expressive. <laughs> and, you know, little things that we repeated in church, uh, to be honest with you. It was boring. Terribly boring. So when I heard that song, you know, when we've been there 10,000 years, I thought, oh my gosh, heaven's going to be 10,000 years of a boring church service where we're just singing songs. And so as a kid, I had a really bad view of uh, what heaven was going to be like. I knew it had to be a little better than hell, but come on, singing forever. And uh, I remember making a commitment. I was playing King of the Mountain, and I was eight years old. And it's weird how you remember these things. And and I I told a friend, you know what? I'm going to serve God when I get older because it's boring right now, you know? And so I just kind of made that commitment, and God took advantage of that because I came to Jesus when I was 18. And uh, I was around this guy that uh, shared Jesus with me. And uh, whenever I went to his house, I just always put out my cigarette, and I didn't cuss and swear when I was there because I just there was something different. It was something. I didn't know what it was, but I wanted, I, I began to crave what he had. And so finally, I had to invite myself to church because he didn't invite me. And uh, I said, man, where do you go to church? And so anyway, his church was a little startup church, and they met in the basement of a bank. So if you can imagine being someone who was Catholic going to a church in the basement of the bank. And I went there, and all these people were so fake, smiling and happy and greeting you, and it was so awkward. I went and sat in my seat, and then there was a band in the basement of the bank, and that was weird for me. So they're playing these songs, and all of a sudden, these people start clapping their hands. And I'm like beginning to check for the exits. This is weird. I hadn't experienced that. And then they raised raised their hands, and I go, I know who these people are. They're those holy rollers, right? I mean, I'm really trying to figure out how to get out of this place, but I'm all, there's people everywhere. And so I just kind of st- stayed there, and the presence of the Lord actually hit my life. At that service, I gave my life to Christ. In fact, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit my first day in church. I didn't even know what the word theology was. I just experienced God. I couldn't believe that other people didn't believe in that. I'm like, it changed my life. But then I'm in there, and people are raising their hand week after week. I love the Lord, but I just feel weird about raising my hands. You know, it's kind of like, There's this tension on the inside. You know, I'm still 18, and I'm worried about what people think, even though everyone else is raising their hands. You know, so, you know, it kind of starts with the old foot tap. You know, then you kind of get into the sway, you know, because everyone's kind of swaying and worship, you know. But, you know, raise your hands, and then it's kind of like, 
you know, you know, that, that, that's kind of like hold the baby, you know, you get this here, and, and then, uh, you know, eventually, you know, it's, uh, you know, then you kind of do the wave. You know, I, I, and inside, I swear I'm on CNN that everyone's going to see me. There's this battle in my mind. You know, and then one day I just decided I don't care what people think. I care what God thinks. And I'm like, come on, Jesus. And, you know, I peeked to see who was looking, and nobody was looking, so I just kept worshiping God. And uh, there was just something that snapped on the inside of me when I fully surrendered to God and began to learn how to give him praise. And uh, let me tell you something. For some of you, tradition and not the Bible has determined how you respond to God in praise and worship. Our prayer response to God should be the way that he likes it, not the way that we like it. And often the thing Often the thing that uh, limits us is our own ego and pride. And have you ever noticed in the Bible, God's not a big fan of pride. <laughs> and so, anyway, with that in mind, and while you're thinking about that, uh, let's take a peek at what happened the week before Passover, uh, before, uh, you know, what we call uh, Easter, uh, but when Jesus died on the cross a week before Passover, there was a celebration, a parade that was going on when Jesus came in to town, and, and his disciples were there, and, and there was some praise going on. I want you to see what that praise was looking like. So in Luke chapter 19, verse 37, it says, right at the crest, this is the message translation, where the Mount of Olives began its descent, the whole crowd of disciples, the whole crowd of disciples burst into enthusiastic praise over the mighty works that they had witnessed. They had seen and experienced and been touched by the presence of God through the life of Jesus on the earth. And now they're there, and here he comes. And they're given this boisterous praise and response. And, and this was a little different than what, hap what happened in the Jewish synagogues of that day. And they're saying these words, Blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord. Glory in the highest. And then some of the Pharisees from the crowd told them, Teacher, teacher, get your disciples under control. Just like Satan would say. Get them under control. So obviously they were doing something different in the way they were expressing their enthusiasm for God at that moment. But Jesus said if they kept quiet, the stones would do it for them, shouting praise. So shouting praise, that's the response of somebody who has been touched or experienced the love, the life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, yet sometimes we hear these words about, hey, you better calm down. Oh, you better just, you know, don't get too crazy now. But here we see Jesus, hmm, he seemed to think that they were worshiping appropriate. He, he, seemed, he seemed to like it. So with that in mind, let's just take a really uh, brief uh, Bible lesson on worship. So the New Testament's written in Greek. The Old Testament's written in Hebrew, and it was translated into English so that uh, we can read it today. But what's different about those languages is there's multiple words to describe things. Like we have one word, love. In Greek, there's four words to describe love. Well, and uh, we have one word for praise, uh, primarily. And yet, in the Hebrew, there's seven words for praise. And so, uh, let's take a quick look at those um, seven words for praise. The first one is hallel. And we get that from the word hallelujah. I told you I can't sing. But anyway... 
We were seeing that earlier. And that word hallelujah means to rave, boast, celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. How do you like that? Sounds like a college or NFL football game, doesn't it? You've seen those fans? Well, listen, I'll tell you what. How is it that you had a football game, you call, they call those people fans, uh, but on Sunday morning they call you fanatics? Isn't that something? Listen, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. It's an NFL football team in the state of Michigan. And I have been passionate about them every year. You can see them on, they're coming to a TV screen near you on Thanksgiving every year. And there's one thing about them. They're the most consistent team in the NFL because they consistently lose all the time. I have grown up with this losing team. Come on, I'm thankful for the Tennessee Titans. I'm a new fan. So I really love football. Maybe some of you really love college football. But God is so much worthy of our time and attention. And so when we gather together, we ought to bring some of the enthusiastic praise that we offer up for other things. You see that? I mean, what? Yeah. Psalm 35, 18, it says, I will thank you in front of the great assembly. I will praise, I will hallel you before all the people. The second word is yada. Not to be confused with Yoda. Come on, little green guy. Yada, this is praise, to acknowledge in public. The scripture says in Psalm 138, I will praise, I will yada you, O Lord, with all of my heart. With all of my heart. In fact, you know, in Psalms, there's 150 chapters on this topic. It's the biggest book in the Bible about praise. So to acknowledge in public, well, could you imagine me on leaving my lovely wife of 27 years, just last month? Come on, 27 years. That's a long time. You know what? 27 years when it starts meaning you're old. Oh my gosh, 27 years. But could you imagine one morning I just walk up, you know, and take my ring off and put it on the kitchen table, and I just take off to head out for my day. And then when I come home, I put it back on. You know, hey, baby. You know, I just didn't really want everyone else to know, you know, I'm all into this, you know, love with you, right? And, uh, but I do love you down in my heart. How many know that conversation's not going very well? You know, so my wife expects me to be in love with her in public and private and everywhere we go. And sometimes I think our conservative praise can be a little offensive to God. Because we haven't discovered an appropriate way to respond. The third word is barak, to bless by kneeling or bowing. Now, I don't believe that means you have to always physically get on your knees. But it means to present yourself to God expecting something that you don't have. It's knowing that we have a generous God who is provided for us and wants to provide things for us. Psalm 103 says... Uh, the Psalm of David, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Come on, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Benefits are the things that he wants you to have. And so we come to his presence. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgives all your iniquities. Come on, and he heals all our diseases. When, when we come before God, he's got a promise. He wants to heal all our diseases. And so that's how we brock, we come to God with an expectation of his provision. Number four, it's a zamar. It's making music with strings. Come on, God likes guitars, banjos, and ukuleles. I mean, I think that means God loves the instruments that we bring into the presence of God. Psalm 92, it is good to zamar the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. That's good, isn't it? 
Thank you, it is. Number five is Shabbat, to address in a loud tone, to shout. I mean, listen, I told you I'm a Detroit Lions fan. So it's really quiet at my house. I'm watching the game. And when an unexpected touchdown happens, I'm like, woo! Man, I'm jumping up and down. And it scares my family because it was all quiet. They're like, you know, like, what happened? Huh? I'm like, it's a miracle. My team scored. And, uh, you know, isn't that interesting? And some of you are that way too when you watch your sporting event. Come on, that last three-point shot at the buzzer and they win. But let me ask you, I just kind of, we do that, but sometimes we're not willing to do that for God. And I don't know if it's right for me to scream and jump and get excited for the Detroit Lions, yet not for the God who created me and redeemed me. And by the way, if you happen to think the music is too loud in church, you better take some earplugs to heaven. Did you hear that song? There's already going to be 10,000 angels just around the throne. And all the people that have been redeemed, when we get there after that flight to join Jesus in the air, come on, there's going to be some loud praise. So you better go up like this. <laughs> just a thought theologically. You can process that on your own. <laughs> Psalm 63 says, I will praise, I will praise, I will shabak you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. Oh, man, there's the hand thing again. Yep, number six, tauda, to lift hands in adoration. I mean, God likes it. You may not like it, I don't know, but he does. And it says in Psalm 50, he who offers tauda, praise, glorifies me, and to him that orders the conversation right now. We'll show you the salvation of God. But he likes it when we praise and lift our hands to him. So doesn't that matter? You know, some people go, well, I don't like that. I just want to tell you, who cares? God does. That's why we're doing that. The seventh one is tequila, not to be confused with tequila, although it might cause you to do the same. Anyway, it means exuberant singing, exuberant singing. And, and, and here's a scripture, Psalm 108, that includes several of these. Oh, God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give zamar. That's the string thing. And, and with my glory, I will praise Yada in public, the O Lord, among the people. I will sing Talia, uh, Tahila, exuberantly unto thee among the nations. Oh, do you see this? Come on. This is the word of God. God happens to like this kind of praise. And really, so do you. You just may not have been given permission to do that in church or in your home. So are we supposed, does that mean we're supposed to be crazy and yell and, you know, and dance, you know, in church, you know, cartwheels, you know, weird? Well, I just feel like it's kind of helpful to know this, that, uh, you know, we have guests that come to church and they might really think some of that is weird. So I, I do like to tell people that when we're in corporate worship, if, if you're worshiping God in a way that's bringing attention to yourself rather than God, uh, and the, that environment, that's kind of an indicator that, you know, we want to corporately give attention to God, right? And that's kind of a, you know, an appropriate guideline. And so if you find yourself with a desire to do cartwheels, uh, wait till you get home. We're not quite a cartwheel, and there's nothing in there about cartwheels, by the way. Dancing, come on, yes, it's in there. And so here's the deal. Whether we're here, whether we're at home, we want to give God our very best. 
If you're at home right now and you're in that lazy boy, you ought to get up out of that chair. You're in your pajamas drinking coffee, eating breakfast. Come on. So today, as we close our time in worship, I want to invite you to draw closer, to worship God for who he is, for what he has done, for what he is going to do. Ephesians says, once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. When we come to God through the blood of Christ, we are cleansed from all of the reasons why we feel like we can't worship God. You see, worship is forgetting about what's wrong with you and remembering what's right about God. Ephesians 3 says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. And if you're here today, and maybe you call yourself a Christian, you've, you've grown up in church, but you haven't tapped into all these benefits. And maybe you sense the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart. And today is the, the day that you need to choose to commit your life to Christ. In other words, to make Him your God, to make Him your highest priority. To, to put Jesus at the center of your life as the new highest priority. I, I just want to encourage you that as we worship, tell him, Jesus, I, I commit my life to you. Jesus, I, help me to understand, but I want to make you my God. I want to make you my highest priority. Ask him for forgiveness. Lord, forgive me. And he will. He loves you. He's more excited about that decision than you are. And he welcomes you into his presence. And you can draw closer to him today and forever. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast. Yeah.